What's going on, everybody? My name is Sayer. I'm also accompanied by these people I tolerate and do a show with called the Official Street Podcast. We're back with another episode of the Survivor Series Stories, The Cancer Chronicles. In this episode, Minerva shared her experiences with cancer, from spending over a month straight in the hospital, undergoing super tough treatments, to losing her hair and hating it, to then owning her look and feeling beautiful again. Minerva showed us that even the most boss-ass bitch sometimes needs a crutch. And at the end of the day, do what truly makes you happy because tomorrow is not promised. Enjoy the show. What type of cancer did you have? So I had acute myeloid leukemia, which Mm. is um, a cancer of the the bone marrow, um, where the bone marrow just kind of randomly for no like there's no r- real clear reason we'll start attacking your your bone marrow and um it results in like an overproduction of abnormal cells that go through you know your your bloodstream can you repeat what it, what it was called acute myeloid leukemia myeloid. or aml okay so okay. the m is the, the myeloid that's those are the type of cells that that's are like being got attacked. you yeah. got you and then that's in the bone marrow itself yes in the bone marrow itself what is bone marrow so the bone marrow, so from what I know, it's like the spongy, it's like a spongy tissue found like in your bones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only know that because. Of right? the situation. Right, mm-hmm. right yeah. Mm-hmm. You, no, most people would not know that. Right. So like, do you need a bone marrow transplant? Like how? No. So, I mean, depending on the type of um, cancer that you have, the type of leukemia that you have. Some people do um, need a bone marrow transplant. I did not need one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you can do a bone marrow transplant, which will be, um, that I don't know too much about, but pretty much you'll get a donor um, and there's like a transfer of of stem cells. Mm -hmm. And um, there's kind of like a waiting period to see how your body reacts to that. And, you know, then hopefully you you stay cancer free. Right. But yeah, but there is something, uh, there are bone marrow transplants. So, because you, you didn't have to do a bone marrow mm-hmm. transplant, what was your treatment process like? So my treatment process was, so I was diagnosed, and I mean, I started chemo right away. So it What's includes, right away? Right away. So I was diagnosed, like officially diagnosed on a Friday, mm-hmm. and Saturday night they started chemo. Oh, so wow. That right away. Wow. That is right Was it like away. really, was it really like severe to where they said you have to come in like, yeah. Yesterday. Well, so I mean, I I found out that I, I mean, I can explain. Yeah, tell your story. Yeah, tell your story. So, um, I I got sick. What seems to have been like a regular cold. Mm-hmm. You know, um, was this your first time getting sick like this? Yeah, getting okay. sick like this. Yes. Yeah. So okay. you know, I knew it wasn't a regular cold. My mom was like, "It's the flu," and I was like, "Wow, the flu is really serious." I hadn't mm-hmm. had the flu, mm-hmm. so you know, I I I knew it was bad because I didn't go to I didn't go to school for a couple of days. I didn't go to work. So now I'm like on day five of staying home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, something's up. Um, and I had like these fevers and these night sweats, but these are all symptoms of the flu. So mm-hmm. I finally take myself to um, urgent care and she's like, you have the flu. They do a flu swap. She says, you have the flu. Okay. She gives me like Tamiflu, whatever stuff they give. Where were you living? I So I live in Westchester. Okay. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm going to give you this stuff. You're going to feel better. But then she says, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do some blood work. And I was like, okay, I didn't think anything of mm-hmm. it. Um, I was like, all right, cool. Um, then I get a call the next day from my doctor. My doctor's like, you know, your blood count is really high. Your white blood count is mm-hmm. really high. 
Um, and that's not that's that's not normal. Mm. So she's like, you know, let's just do let's wait a couple of days. Um, we're gonna do it over. So we do it over, and um, she's like, no, it's even higher. And by this point now, I'm taking mm. the Tamiflu, so my mm-hmm. symptoms are better. So I'm actually feeling great now. Okay, not, let me let me rewind. Not great, <laughs> but, but I'm feeling a lot better okay. compared to how I was. Mm. So I'm like surprised that she's like, you know, your blood count is even higher. Your white your white count is even higher. So. I go back. She's like, you have to see a specialist, um, a hematologist. So he tells me, physically, you look great, um, but your blood count is saying something different. So he's like, you know what? I have to send this for additional testing. But he says, on paper, this looks like leukemia. But -hmm. you don't look like you have leukemia because I'm feeling good at this point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I go home. I'm not thinking anything. He calls me the next day. It's a Friday, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and he's like, Hey, Minerva. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, um, so, you know, this is crazy for me to say, but you have leukemia. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you- when he told you that initially, like this on paper, this like, looks like leukemia. Were you like, no, I don't have leukemia. So yeah, I was whatever. definitely like, I don't have leukemia. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, God, these doctors are so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, really? But I think it was also because I I was told I had the flu. I was mm-hmm. taking something for those symptoms and I was feeling better. If right. I wouldn't have been feeling better. I probably would have been a little bit more like okay, mm-hmm. yeah. open to it, but I'm like I'm feeling better. Like I'm ready to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I would, you know. So I was like, this is this is not the case, right? Um. So then when he told me the next day, I was still kind of like, this is so crazy because now I'm like on day four or five of the antibiotic, and mm. now I'm feeling brand new. I'm totally okay. fine. Mm. Gotcha. So he's like, you know, you have to drive down to you know to the hospital where they're where they specialize in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but for how long? And he's like, you know, I guess they didn't want to tell me over the phone. He's like, oh. I would co- I would pack a couple for a couple nights. Oh, So, wow. of course, I drive okay. down on a Friday. Did you um, go by yourself? No. Okay. I definitely did not go by myself. Okay. I went by, it was me, my mom, Rich, my fiance, mm-hmm. um, my grandmother, my best friends, and my dad. So, we okay. all kind of, you know, we went down. Okay. Um, you know, again, by the time we got there, it was Friday rush hour. By the time we got there... Doctors didn't see me until the next morning, but they had done all this blood work. Mm-hmm. So that Saturday morning, the doctor comes in and he's like, "You know, you're definitely now they've not they've confirmed that you have leukemia, um, and they've com- they've confirmed that it was acute myeloid leukemia." Mm-hmm. And you know, he gives me the he gives me this whole spiel. This is serious. You have to start chemo right away. Mm-hmm. So that was so that was Friday, and I started the chemo Saturday Saturday night. Okay. How does that how does that work like the chemo like do you it's injected right yes it was and injected is it like once a week once a day no so initially the first the first time it was so I, I did a, they they um I had a pick line inserted mm-hmm. you know which is a a port which mm-hmm. in the long run I was very grateful for because that avoided having to have um like daily injections okay mm-hmm. and daily blood work they did everything okay. through the through the port so it was kind of like my savior right I, I don't do needles um so what is what, what happens you just they have like that in there and they can just stick the needle into that and just much, extract what they need pretty anytime. much yeah so it's like you know it's a pore it's an extension it goes in through your um was on this side it goes through mm-hmm. your arm um you know you don't see anything just mm-hmm. the like the little dangly right. things that mm-hmm. are hanging out and that's kind of where they they do it, administer right. the chemo and oh, okay. do the blood work so they don't have okay. to stick you again at no, all no gotcha. so it was just kind of that the mm-hmm. pick line and after that I really wasn't um I wasn't poked throughout any of it oh nice so the chemo was um the first time it was uh seven days okay. so it was you know seven days uh consecutively okay. it doesn't stop 
and then they did like a three day injection. Okay. Um. So that was it. They did the chemo first time for seven days, mm-hmm. and um. I mean, I ended up doing that for uh, six months. Okay. So six different uh like times. So six set of oh seven, of seven days. days. Yeah. Okay. That every time I would have to be hospitalized for. Okay. So it was yeah. like it was like once a month you would once go a for month a... once a month. So you have to stay there for the treatment, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and the first time I was there for thirty six days, um, oh, because they didn't want to monitor you, right? Because mm-hmm. then you know with chemo, um, with your blood count dropping, you're prone to infection, and mm-hmm. I actually did end up getting I ended up uh, mm-hmm. contracting several infections throughout that time. So once mm-hmm. you do that, and once you get a fever, you're stuck in the hospital. Gotcha. So that was kind of okay. What was going on for me? Um, so even outside of like the medicine that they were giving, you know, whatever they were giving you, did you think about doing any kind of like holistic route at all? So throughout? in the beginning, it happened kind of so fast mm-hmm. that no, I didn't really think of anything. And at that moment, you know, because of the shock and everything going on, like I really became not like a baby in the sense, but my mom took over. So what okay. my mom said I was going to do, like that's what I was doing. Gotcha. And there really wasn't much conversation about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Once, like, you know, um, we got kind of used to the idea and, and we kind of wrapped our heads around it. Um, like, my, my mom would do, like, her research on, like, natural juices. And she would come to the to the hospital with, like, this jar of, like, <laughs> like beet, beet and carrot juice. Yeah. And, you know, it was always mm-hmm. something. And I'm like, what is it? She goes, drink it. It's, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. There really wasn't much time to think about think about it and right. I kind of just did what the doctor said to at least initially gotcha. you know after a while I got a little bit more confident and you know I tried to eat healthier and I was always asking questions like like I would you know I don't know I always say things like you know sugar um is not good for you and, and right. you know cancer breeds off of this so I tried to like do Stay some initial me. things mm-hmm. but I, I really went the traditional medical route now, I know you, you said you mentioned that you were um, taking some days off school. And yeah, yeah. How long, uh, how long ago was this? Were you uh, a lot younger or? No. So this was in the fall of 2016. Mm-hmm. So college? So, well, I was doing my, my uh, doctorate program. Okay, Beginning nice. my doctorate program. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and so I was doing that and I was teaching and I was working full time as a clinician. So you were doing I'm, a lot. I you was doing a lot. Couldn't so, afford to take those. No, that time I could not afford to take that. So I and I had just started the doctorate program. So talk about looking <sighs> oh, bad. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was very clear, like you cannot you can only miss one day of the semester. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. What what was your initial when you started your doctorate program? What was it in? Because aren't you doing something right now? Yeah, so it's the, so it's it's the same program. So, okay. Yeah, so I was doing um, a doctorate in mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. So I'm, okay. a, I'm a mental health counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, so what ended up happening was once I got sick and I knew that I was going to have to be in the hospital in and out for six months, mm-hmm. I had to defer. So I had to okay. kind of uh, start all over again the following mm-hmm. year. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in, it's in the same the okay. same degree. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So, oh, this this is your question. Oh, it's all on me. Yeah, because she, yeah, she answered. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Um. So, how did I mean? I know you said that your your fiance was around, and you know your family was around, but um, how did how were they around you like throughout this whole process? You know, did they seem like really concerned, or were they just? really empowering throughout the whole situation? Like, uh, how did it go for you? I mean, I think everyone kind of played different roles. Um, Mm -hmm. For the most part, I'm going to say they were very um, 
empowering and positive and motivated. Mm-hmm. Like they were, I feel like they were all motivated to keep me motivated gotcha. and, and positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all definitely, they all played different roles. And I remember saying this in the beginning. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I kind of felt like I don't worry until my mom worries. Mm. Okay. Right. When I see my mom worrying and I see that face yeah. of concern, mm-hmm. that's when I freak out. So as long as I saw that she was okay, mm-hmm. I was good. Um, and that kind of, that kept me going. But I think for the most part, they were all pretty positive um, and really, really supportive. Um, I mean, they were in the hospital almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like, slept over. I mean, mm. you know, and I just want to say this. And I was thinking about this earlier. I actually think back of that time in the hospital very fondly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because my family really came together. I mean, my dad came with, like, board games and... They brought like the best food because I don't mm-hmm. do hospital food. Right. Um, I'm not it's just not my thing. Mm. I mean, my dad was coming in with like lobsters and shrimp. Wow. And, I mean, Man. I was I was living in, I really was. <laughs> I mean, I gained an insane amount like I gained about ten pounds when they kept telling me that I was gonna lose weight. And right. it was definitely the food. I was gonna that I was ask eating. you that. No, Were you, did you lose no, weight? No, I did not lose weight at okay. all. Every time I would get on the scale, it was just going up and up. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? I mean good eats. Seriously. Mm. You know, obviously the mm-hmm. the vain side of me mm-hmm. thought, you know, for like a brief second, I was like, "Well, at least I'm gonna lose a couple pounds." But it did not. But it did not happen. <laughs> no, and mm-hmm. I hear that sometimes, mm-hmm. but it it did not happen for me. So in that sense, just mm-hmm. kind of go back to your question. It was I, I remember that time fondly. Um, they kind of, you know, my friends came through for me. My my family, which is has always been very supportive, they definitely were there for me, and they kept me they kept me going. Um, how did so they yeah. respond to the news like when you told them was it like cause you said he told you and then it's like okay we have to go to the hospital tonight was it like panic like how did they yeah. everyone respond so I was by myself um, I was home by myself trying to like catch up on all this work that I had missed in school mm-hmm. so I called my mom my mom was like in total shock but she played it cool and she was mm-hmm. like okay I'm on my way now I'm on my way to get you okay Um, and she made all of these so I only called her oh okay <laughs> I only called her and I just, it was a coincidence that I happened to have been on the line. I was already talking to my best friend. So when I get this call from this 914 number that Mm -hmm. I don't know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hold on, it's another call. So the doctor tells me the news and I tell her first, coincidentally, because you were Mm -hmm. on the phone. I'm like, listen, the doctor called me. I got to call my mom. Um, So before I knew it, my best friend was there. Um, but she works not too far from my house. And then my mom called everybody. Mm -hmm. I had called, I had called my fiance, but, um, and he he, I think, was dropping off his, his goddaughter at school or something. And he said, um, let me just do this and I'm going to call you right back. You know, and, and he was mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll be there. And then he showed up and then my grandmother showed up. My, my mom showed up. My dad met us there. Um, initially, I did not feel like anyone was really panicked. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase. They didn't show me that they were panicked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been now, you know, almost three years. Um I know now that they were very panicked, okay. um, but no one really showed me that. They all kind of liked. They they were cool. Mm-hmm. They were cool. Like this is not a big thing. My grandmother mm-hmm. came over and like she you'll was, get through this. this yeah, whatever. Not, even, not that it's whatever. No, but my like, grandma, my grandmother definitely came and she was like, you know, because I I wasn't really saying anything because mm-hmm. I'm I'm processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what you're thinking, but this is not a big deal. This is not <laughs> a big deal. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, you know, this is not a big deal, you know. Right. And I kind of kept like it's, that. It's, it's going to, like, 
good is going to come out of everything that you're about to go through. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were my like initial thoughts. My thoughts definitely kind of uh, changed throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially, my thought was, you know, this is this is not that this is serious, but not that serious. I'll be fine. And you only had to do treatment for that six months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know. The first, the first chemo, they want to see how you respond. So basically, mm-hmm. depending on how you respond, so the first chemo is how they kind of uh, like plan your, your treatment, treatment plan. plan. Mm-hmm. So they never, t- they didn't tell me originally like that it was going to be six months or anything. They were like, "Listen, we take this day by day. Like oh, okay. you're doing this right now, and we'll talk from there." Because they didn't know like mm-hmm. if I was going to need a bone marrow transplant or right. whatever. So in the beginning, they were not, uh, not that they weren't forthcoming, but because they did not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they didn't really I didn't know what to expect so they didn't okay. really tell me so that I didn't have expectations okay. so so you were diagnosed in 2015 yes October. 2015 mm-hmm. yes and then you went into remission November 9th yes which okay. was a, exactly a month after being diagnosed okay and then so why did you wait until May 2016 so to start sharing okay so story? that's a great question um yeah I didn't I think I needed my own time to process okay. what was going through and I what I was going through and I wanted to do that on my own mm-hmm. without outside influences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and I was very um because I was obviously very scared and feeling very vulnerable, I became very protective of my like space and of myself. And I just didn't want like like I didn't want to hear the I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get asked a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't want um obviously I didn't want people to like instill fear in me. Right. So I kind of um I really kept it to myself. Um okay. like obviously like my my friends who were there, they knew my family and a few people knew my coworkers obviously knew cuz I was out of work for 6 months. Right. Um but yeah, I mean I really debated on when I wanted, because I was like always on Instagram, always mm-hmm. posting, and mm-hmm. now I'm not posting anymore. I was gonna ask, are you like traditionally a real private person, or yeah, do you I'm normally actually, post? No, all I'm the actually time? not. I, I mean, I don't like. You're fairly open. I'm fairly open as the next person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm fairly open, and I post a lot, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm always like taking like pictures and selfies mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. and like when I go out, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so could people tell that like, something oh, was something off? Going on with her. I'm sure, like you know, <laughs> she hasn't been uh, online for a while, right? Um, possibly, but I think people also what I learned afterwards, people also just credit credit it to me being very busy mm-hmm. because okay. I had okay. just started the program, so now my life was a lot busier, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just, I just, I think. I think underlying, I was just scared of how people were going to respond, and I didn't mm-hmm. want that type of negativity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to affect like my like your well being, my well being, yeah. and I was like in a good space, and like you know I got this, and mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to Outside change that, right? And the only reason, I mean, for me, I wanted to share my story because I felt part of what was so scary of my experience was that I didn't have anybody to kind of like I hadn't seen another young person okay. have leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't know anybody. I actually thought that leukemia was something that babies got. I had never mm-hmm. heard of like someone my age getting a leukemia. I didn't know anybody really my age getting cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely didn't know of any minorities that that had cancer. Mm-hmm. So I struggled with that. I didn't have, I didn't have like a like somebody else to kind of follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted, I needed that, and I wanted to be what I needed for somebody else. 
but I needed to do it on my own time when I was ready. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I did start posting was because so now my by this point by May my treatment had finished mm-hmm. and my hair is finally growing back mm-hmm. and. I was so damn tired of my wig. <laughs> I really was. But what happened was that I felt like I couldn't stop wearing my wig because people that knew me knew that I was not going to just shave my head for no right. reason. Right. So then I kind of felt like, okay, if I want to come out without my wig and show off my short hair, I need to I need to say what this mm-hmm. is about. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was summertime and the wig was itchy and I was like, you know what? This is the, this is this is the time. Mm-hmm. So that kind of was that catapulted me to right. kind of like when, share my cool. story, I guess. Real quick, that water's for you, by the way. You it know. is. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I left not. it there, but I didn't say Thank anything. You. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um but all right, um just going back to you just uh spoke about it. Um how what like was it difficult when you started losing your hair and like, can you kind of walk us through that process, if you don't mind? Um, It was very difficult. It was, I mean, I think it was really the worst part of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, I remember the doctor says, um, you know, so like on day, I don't remember now, but like on day like 15, after mm-hmm. the chemo, your hair's going to start falling out. And I'm just like, okay. I'm like, all right. Day 15 comes, my hair is good. It's like, big. hanging on strong. Mm-hmm. Day 16, day 17, day 18, day nothing. Like, nothing is happening. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got this. Like, my hair is not mm-hmm. falling out. Um, But what was happening that I wasn't, you know, this is not very hygienic, but while I was in the hospital, I was not brushing my hair. Right. Because mm-hmm. even though I wasn't falling out, I was terrified of, mm-hmm. like, putting the comb in uh, it. And it all being in and the it comb. All, but so... I had all my hair, and what I didn't realize was that it was falling out. But it was falling out and, like, staying inside, like, my ponytail because I wasn't combing it. And, like, I would get these visitors, and my best friend would be like, it's time for you to comb your hair. And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I think, like, I wanted to think it wasn't going to fall out, but I I knew. Mm -hmm. I knew. Um, So what ended up happening was, I'll never forget it. It was October 31st, Halloween. My fiance came to the hospital and we're watching, I think it was some, we were probably watching like the Meg game. The Meg game is on. And I actually have this picture up. I'm in my hospital gown and it's in a ponytail. And we took, we took this picture. I had not taken a picture in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like, he was like, I don't know who said it. We took a picture. You know, we took a mm-hmm. selfie. And I don't know if it was a selfie or seeing myself in a picture that that next morning, I like, I said, I'm going to comb my hair. So I go in the bathroom and I comb my hair and all of it comes out. Like not all, mm. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like all, all of it. Because mm. I kept hearing it's going to fall out in chunks. Uh-huh. But you know, It was it, already happening. Right. But because, because I waited, it probably was falling out in mm-hmm. chunks. But so, you know, I'm combing and it just like all. Like, like no. Just combed it, boy. I just, pretty much. Wow. I remember I had three long strands right here that I ended up just asking a nurse for a scissor to cutting it right. off. But it literally all, I mean, I, I almost, re- I, I can, I can see it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was not ready mm-hmm. for I, it. I was going to say, like, I hate to be yeah. insensitive, but was it like a horror movie? Like, just, yeah, no, it did was. you hear like, you know what? It's, a score in the background? Yes, honestly, no. While it was happening, you know, I, I don't know, like, it was kind of like, it wasn't that while it was happening it was very surprising and shocking, mm-hmm. but I it wasn't I, I don't know if I just was not processing. It wasn't that big mm-hmm. of a deal. Just it was like, yet. oh, cute ball. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I All can right. work this side. I got this. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But then when I, I remember I was, I was going to leave the bathroom, the hospital bathroom. And I'm like, wait, but like, I can't just walk out like that. So now I needed to get like my scarf. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of felt like, like that's, it was weird. Like seeing myself in the mirror bald was not that big of a deal at that moment. Mm-hmm. But once like I had to put my scarf on and I kind of felt like, oh my, like I've never been, I've never felt like I needed to hide something. Gotcha. Okay. So this is my first time that I feel like now I have to hide this. And I think that that also like just like messed with my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And that day was just a terrible day for me. I remember mm-hmm. my mom came and my mom is, you know, still like trying to be super, she's like, but this is not a, but this is not a big deal. And I'm like, this is a huge deal. Like my hair. Have you always had long hair your whole life? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and my hair is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it was. After that initial moment, it was it was tough for a few days. Um, but I had an incident happen at the hospital that took me out of my funk. So mm-hmm. I had, um, you know, in the hospital, you have you have a roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate, she was a lot older. Um, but, I, you know, and you overhear everything. Because right. the doctors come in the morning and mm-hmm. they're shouting, you know, they're saying all of your business. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was going on with her. And we had the same diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, she died. Oh, like wow. right next to me. Oh wow! Um, and it was really weird because I had just seen her. I went to take a shower when I came out, and she, you know, I, I see all the nurses coming in. Um, I guess I was expecting something dramatic, like you know, in the movies, like you're. I was waiting to hear like a flat line on a machine. Oh. That doesn't happen in real life. Okay. I guess. Oh. Um, she just kind of like died, and I get obviously, the nurses and doctors new uh-huh. yeah. so they all come and there's this big fuss and you know they're telling me like listen i just want you to know today's gonna be hectic in the room you may want to mm-hmm. be in the lounge because your neighbor just died mm-hmm. and when that happened like i was like like that's when like it really hit me like oh people do die from this like mm-hmm. i could die from this mm-hmm. i'm bald big deal but right. i'm i'm alive yeah. right and it was just like kind of having that happen helped me kind of deal with the with the hair loss. I kind of right. was like, I cannot be throwing a pity party because I'm yeah. bald. This mm-hmm. lady just died. Mm-hmm. And that, that really kind of helped me reframe things. So, um, so you, um, <clears throat> you said earlier about the whole wig thing, itching and all that. Can you tell us about like the first yeah. experience putting them on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, you know, I was really like particular, like I really wanted mm-hmm. my, my wig to look ex- at that time. I wanted my wig to look exactly how my hair did. Before I fell out, mm-hmm. and I just want to say that my hair was looking beautiful. Just want to put that out there. Um, you know, it was like a nice chestnut brown with mm-hmm. like highlights and lowlights, and I had paid a lot of money for that. So, right. You know, that was a big deal. Tragic. It was. It was devastating. Mm-hmm. So I actually, you know, my best friend, she came. She came through for me. She actually found. She did all this research. Found a place called the Hair Place in the mm-hmm. city, very close to the hospital, and um, she went. And she showed pictures of what my hair looked like. And she got somebody, you know, she got them to make me like a full head wig mm-hmm. that looked just like my hair. Mm-hmm. So um, when I got discharged the first time, I just kind of went and the wig was ready for me. I mean, it was exactly, it was pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, you know, I put it on and it got styled how I had it. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was pretty, not like Spot obviously on. identical, but it yeah. was, mm-hmm. it was pretty similar. So the first time was... It was a good experience for mm-hmm. me. Was um, it hard for you to learn how to like put on a wig? Because you yeah. know, like these days, you gotta like glue and all that. Yeah. Um, plus, I had never like I had never worn a wig. I like I've never even had like, had never had even extensions or anything. Right. So I just you know, so she's showing me like you can put it on with a net in case it gets itchy, or you could do this, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was definitely it was 
It was challenging at first, and I felt like it never looked as cute as it did when I was there. Right. Like, they, they worked their magic right. when I was there. Um, I, did, I didn't feel like I had, like, mm-hmm. I didn't finesse it the way that they did. What was the point that you started feeling beautiful again? Uh, um, when did I... St- um, like, was it with the wig or without the wig? Um, I think it was with the wig at first. It was okay. definitely... Because, like... Again, I needed to see me. When you get diagnosed with cancer and you start to get all these physical changes on top of, like, emotional mm-hmm. changes, at least for me, I desperately wanted to know that I was still me and that I still kind of existed. So I needed to see me in the mirror. So when I put my wig on, I don't know if the wig made me feel beautiful, but being able to see myself made me feel beautiful. Um, so that was, I think that that's kind of when I felt myself again. Okay. But then after a while, the wig just didn't feel like me anymore. Like, it didn't last. The wig did not last long. The like, wig, how long, maybe? I want to I mean, so this is now winter months. So I'm thinking, like, November. I mean, definitely for, like, three months. Okay. Three months. Um, and then you definitely started to, like, own the baldy look. I, yeah. I owned the baldy look. And, like, I would, honestly, what I did, what I started to do was I started to take a lot of, like, selfies of myself being mm-hmm. bald. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't send them to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I just had, like, all of these selfies. And I... You know, like with like the Snapchat filters and the dog tongue and the ears, right. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, like I had to do that on my own and I had mm-hmm. to be a little bit more accepting of my short hair. So, you know, in to summarize, in the beginning, I definitely felt more beautiful with my wig, but that was definitely short term. I felt more beautiful when I was able to kind of accept my, my, my baldy mm-hmm. when I was home. Now, I feel like I know the answer to this, but w- would you ever do it again? Would you ever, would ever do it again? purposely... Bald yourself again. So I wouldn't go bald again. But so this is my my tentative, very tentative. I don't want to be quoted. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. My tentative plan is I'm getting married next year. So I'm going to let my hair Congrats. grow out. Thank you. I'm going to let my hair grow out until the wedding. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know how soon after I'm, I want to cut it all off. After not a baldy. Yeah, not okay. a baldy, but like a cute pixie. Really short. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very oh, short. Okay. I actually loved my hair like that. Okay. It was okay. so easy. I was able to kind of like go to the gym and not worry about mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And you can um, just wake up and go. And I could just of. wake up and go. Yeah. And I really would like to pay it forward and donate my hair. Okay. So nice. That's nice. that. Again, don't quote me on okay. this. Mm-hmm. All right. um, we'll edit this part. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. we'll wait to see. But I, I would like to do that. Even if I don't do it soon after the wedding, I think that is something that I would like to do. Um, to cut it all off again and kind of pay it forward. That would be dope. That's that nice. yeah. Now, just real quick, I just want to go back to the to the whole bone marrow thing. You had like a biopsy. Yes. Now what? How did they exactly do that, and what was that for? So from, again, like, so from what I from what I know, so the bone marrow biopsy, I mean, that's how they test. So the blood work tells you, um, obviously, if there are cancerous cells in your, in your blood. Mm-hmm. But what you want to know is if your bone marrow is still continu- is continuing to produce these cells, right? Mm-hmm. So they need to go in there and check. Mm-hmm. And it's very painful. Like wow. extreme, I was going to ask no, you No, it that. is very painful. They don't um, numb you? You know, they do like local anesthesia, but that doesn't do anything. Oh, that doesn't okay. do anything. You know, I wanted to be put did to sleep. Did you cry? You know, did I cry? I have to say, I did not cry not even one time. And I had several. I did not cry. You know mm-hmm. what? When you're when you're going through cancer, like, there's just so much going on that it's almost like, even though it physically hurts, the physical pain is like the last. It's like the least important mm. thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a punk. I cry every time. No, and I'm a punk. <laughs> Listen, I do not handle. I do not handle mm-hmm. needles or pain well. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the first time that I ex- experienced like emotional pain. Okay, and that was so much worse. And even though that this was, you know, the biopsies were very painful, I felt like I'm not I'm yeah. crying over this. How okay. many? How many did you have to? Several. Like in the be- so in the beginning, you know. To see to to see like what type of treatment regimen you're gonna need mm-hmm. and and to see how the chemo's working they do it you know they do it like right after the chemo's done they do it after like a few days and then you know they kind of do it at multiple times so basically mm-hmm. um it's a needle that's inserted into one of your bones and like mm-hmm. your back your lower mm-hmm. back where your bone marrow is and mm-hmm. they you know like suck out a sample of your mm-hmm. bone marrow and yeah dang that's and how long is uh one treatment. Uh, or is one biopsy, yeah, yeah, one procedure. Oh, how long? So a bone marrow biopsy, I mean, if you're not a punk and you're not like saying, hold on, hold on. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, I, I want to say maybe 25 minutes. Oh, that's wow, a that's long. Yeah, I mean, but think about it because, you know, they they put the local anesthesia. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. they, they give yeah. it time to, to work. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a 25-minute epidural. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I haven't had one, but that's what I would tell people. Yeah. And they would tell me, yeah, it sounds very similar. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. Um. So for the last three years, how often did you have well, to? Well, now go? almost four, right? It'll be four um, years this year. Twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. In November. Be, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, yeah, 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 how often did you have to go see so the, in the doctor? So in the beginning, so while I even though I was in remission, while I was actively in treatment, like it varied. Like it was like two times a week, three times a week. Wow. Um, obviously, like, if you get a fever, if any complications, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I was going every day. There was a point a week that I went every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it changes. So once, like, I was officially, um, once the chemo was over, I had to go every three months. So I did that for, I think, the first year. And then I did every six months. And then my last appointment was in October. And I graduated to yearly appointments. Nice. Very nice. exciting. Nice. I was going to ask that. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah. So, um, and then they see you for the first five years. So, right. you know, if everything goes good, I mean, I should only be seen this October and then next October. And then that's it. So oh, it, it you don't varies. have to go forever? Yeah, no. Oh. I mean, obviously, I need to keep up with my physicals well, and like yeah. my yearly blood work. Yeah. But no, that's pretty that's much it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So in sharing your story and, you know, kind of telling people about what's going on and taking your selfies and being open about everything in 2016. How do you feel you've inspired people? I mean, I think. And do you plan on doing anything further? I know you say you want to maybe donate your hair. Um, maybe. Yes. <laughs> but is there any, is there anything else that you see yourself doing to continue to kind of support people um, that that may have the same diagnosis as you or in general? Okay, so um, the first first question. I mean, I hope that I have inspired people to to own to own what happens to them um and to to know that they you know that everybody goes through stuff and you can overcome that. Um, and that there's beauty in pain and that there's beauty in sharing your journey with other people. Um, so again, I mean, I mentioned part of what motivated me to share my story was that I didn't see other people that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And that was such a big part because it, it adds to the underlying fear that you have no one to turn to. You have no you have no one to say, you know what, she had cancer the same kind 10 years ago and she's alive and she's doing great. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I want to continue to document my story. Um 
because I want people that as, as you know, the reality is that more and more people are getting diagnosed with cancer. That's just, that's just a given. And I want people to know, listen, I had, I got diagnosed with cancer and I'm living my best life. And so can you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope in, in, in that sense, I hope that people uh, feel inspired and not just with cancer, but with any, any um, physical illness or any, anything else that they're going, going through. Um, and then to answer your second question, I mean, I, so like, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up my, my, my doctorate degree and my research project is all about uh, cancer survivorship. Um, and that's something that I, I really wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted my research project to be on cancer survivorship because I wanted to be able to, to expand on, on the literature and expand on, on the knowledge that people don't really have. Um, on on the cancer experience. So, I mean, professionally, um, I would like to kind of give back to my cancer survivor community in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I would love to be, once school is over, because it's taken over my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, once that's over, I mean, I would like to, you know, I would like to write a book. I would like to just kind of, like, be more involved with, like, advocacy um, groups. Um, I would like to do a lot of things. I just haven't really had the time to do it. But yeah. um, once my schedule clears up, um, I look forward to to kind of giving back. Um, I really do feel, even as time goes on and, you know, I'm no longer bald and I no longer have my pore and you no longer see cancer in my face anymore the way that I had that image, I am a cancer survivor. And I really do feel a part of that community. Um, and I want to remain an active member of that community even 20 years from now um, when hopefully this is like, you know, <laughs> way about mm-hmm. a story, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I still want it to remain somehow, um, in the forefront of of my life. That's awesome. I feel like it's so crazy that like I really, really, truly feel like everything happens for a reason. Because if you had never gotten diagnosed with cancer, you wouldn't be doing the work that you're doing now. Right, yeah. Like I've. That's just so crazy. I do always, I, I, I do believe that. And sometimes like people credit, like I've heard people say things like when you go through something bad, like, like you're almost like, like that's just something that people say, like, mm-hmm. like to kind of like make yeah. light of it. Oh, you ha- like, you have to find the positive because that's what keeps you going. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, like I really do feel, um, I say, I always say this, I'm not happy that I got cancer, mm-hmm. but I definitely am happy with the person that I am today mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for the experience and the lessons that I've learned mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have learned them in the way that I learned them if I would not have had the cancer experience. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So I saw on your Instagram you celebrated like two years in the clear yeah. and then you had your three year celebration. Uh-huh. Are you going to celebrate every year? This is a question for myself because I celebrated this year, my well, last year, my one year, and I feel like okay, is it extra to celebrate two years and three and four and ten? Right. So you know, <laughs> and ten, and ten, and ten. Right. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um. So my family and friends they surprised me with the one year. Like mm-hmm. it was a one year surprise thing. I wasn't even really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember that day. I wanted to kind of like. I didn't want to, it wasn't a depressing day, but I wanted it to be a day of reflection for me. Okay. And, I wanted and they to, were like, no, And I wanted to that. be home. I wanted to be home, like, kind of like, not by myself, but I just wanted to, like, I wanted to reflect on, like, the chill. year. I wanted yeah. to, like, chill. Mm-hmm. No. You know, <laughs> it was a rainy day. It was, an, it was a terrible day. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is perfect. I can stay home. You know, Rich, my fiance, he's like, no, we're going out. Like, we're going out. And I'm like, but I, no, I don't want to go out. He's like, no, we're going out. <laughs> um, no one had mentioned 
the date to mm. me. Okay. I didn't even think that anybody really even knew the date. Mm-hmm. And so we go, we go to this brunch and like all of my friends and family are there surprising me. So that was kind of like cool. the one year, mm-hmm. one year in the clear celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, And actually, you know what? That was not a one year in the clear. That was, they were celebrating, like not celebrating. They were kind of like acknowledging the day that I had got gotten diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But, um, my friends and family kind of started that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like once you do the first, like you got to do the second. Right. And you got to do the third. But um, for me, I mean, obviously, you can cancer can relapse at any time. It's not mm-hmm. just the first five years, but the first five years are very important. So I think for sure I want to celebrate the first five years. Um, and then do five years after that. Like, yeah, so it's first know. five, and then you'll celebrate the Maybe 10 the years. Yeah, I and don't then know. The 15, I don't and think. Then 20. I don't, no? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> listen, no, it depends because. Mm-hmm. It's a. I mean, I don't see it so much as a. I mean, it depends on kind of like how you view it, right? Mm-hmm. For me, like when I when even though like my cake will say like three years in the clear, and it's obviously about me. That day is not just about me. That day is about I, I think of it about us. Like I think about me and my family and 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 my fiance and my friends. This is about us. Like we did this because mm-hmm. I did not do this on my own. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it would be nice to kind of maybe yeah. maybe the word is not celebrate, but like to acknowledge that day right. with the people that I love and that have been there with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe forever. I don't know. Okay, I'm celebrating forever. I don't know. You looking at <laughs> me as right. if I have she's, a she's looking at you like you. You you're, you're you're judging. dare you tell you're me I can't celebrate? Me. I definitely yeah. feel the side eye, the shade. Yeah, like you're judging me. I want to be a like, part of the no. celebration. Exactly. You, can about? Yeah. you can come. You can come. Listen, so I mean, I don't know. Again, maybe it'll change. You know, maybe it won't be because like we get together, mm. we get cake, we get pizza, right. we drink. You know. Mm. Oh, I'm there. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Maybe for like year seven. Maybe, maybe we won't. I'm do all that. I'm but having a party. An acknowledgement. Year I think five. you can like, celebrate. I'm running oh, a no, venue. Year five, I need to do it big. I'm running a venue. Like, I'm going. Like, this year, some some of my friends and I, we, like, went out to eat. Like, that's cool. But, like, year five? Is I'm big. having a cake. I'm having a party planner. All of that. Okay. I'm taking pictures. I'm doing a photo shoot. Okay. I'm definitely, I'm definitely film, doing a photo shoot. Uh, yes. I'm yeah. definitely okay. doing a photo, uh, a photo shoot. Something big. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I don't really have an answer to your question. I guess I got to no, celebrate. I gotta see. Yeah. But I celebrate think, life. Yeah, yes. What's like my second birthday? I feel like what I'm being did you say? I have what no idea. Do? I'm being attacked right now. Because you're, I, I, I Live you're, it up. you're judging on the low. <laughs> I think you just celebrate whenever and however you want. I don't know. I love celebrations. All right. So. You said that you learned some things about yourself from the experience. I'd like for you to explain a little bit into that. But also, um, what did you learn from the people around you? Um, Just life in general, like any epiphanies, anything like that? Um, I mean, in general, I think I learned... Again, when I was diagnosed, the first person that I thought of was my mom. Like, I actually was really worried about how she was going to take it. Mm. And she took it like a champ. Um... And even though she's always, I've always um, seen her with so much like admiration and she's so strong, but she definitely like just confirmed that for me. Um, so she just confirmed her strength um, and just, I've always seen her as superwoman and I will always remain, to, like that will remain in my head. Um, and then, you know, my dad was super supportive. Like he's, he's always been, but he definitely like, we're close, um, but he definitely came through in a way. Not that I didn't expect, but he definitely showed up. Um, so I think it just kind of like solidified our relationship. Gotcha. And 
my my closest friends, they know who they are. They definitely came through for me. And I think, again, just a lot of, they solidified what I already believed and they they were there for me. Um, and Rich, my 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 fiance, he, he definitely came through for me in a way that I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know how the person that you're with is going to handle mm-hmm. like just yeah. all the stuff that goes on. Um, and he definitely showed up for me. So, I mean, like, I, I hear from people that have gone through cancer that they, they talk about like losing friends and people, gonna people don't kind of show up for them. Mm-hmm. I, that was not my experience. I, I really That's cannot awesome. say that. Um, I think I was surprised at how many people came through for me and just like how many people outside of like my small circle, like came to the hospital and like, you know, checked in on my mom and, and came to my house and sent me things and like would send me like a robe and things for me to be comfortable. That was not my experience. Um, Mm -hmm. so just again, solidified the relationships that I already had. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot the other parts of your question. Oh, just um, like any like oh, epiphanies. epiphanies or anything. Mm-hmm. That... I mean, so, I mean, I learned a couple of things. I mean, I think one thing, and not to kind of like, you know, be sour, but I definitely learned, you know, life happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter really like how good you are or how good you think you are. Like, I, I remember thinking in the hospital, I'm such a good person, though. Like, I'm such a good person. Why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, And like, no one, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could be the Pope. And um, even though, like, you know that when it happens to you, it's just, like, it just confirms that. Um, So it kind of humbles you a bit, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I definitely definitely feel humbled by the experience. And I'm just more aware and and accepting that anything can happen to me. Anything can happen to the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in some ways the cancer experience has definitely softened me in some areas. Like, I'm... I mean, I was always very emotional before, but I'm a lot more emotional and more sensitive now. And I definitely like feel people's pain a lot more. I'm a therapist, so it's my mm-hmm. job to yeah. feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got into that work because I am a very empathic person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely kind of like made me even more emotional and more sensitive. But it also like toughened me up in other areas. Like I got this. And gotcha. once you go through cancer, you can do anything. You can do anything. <laughs> I really believe that. Yeah, three Wonder Women in like, this room right now. Yes. I mean, once once you go through cancer, he's so like not feeling this. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad for him. I'm like, yo, why did they? I'm why just everything happens? They just this whole side of my face has third degree burns right what now. I don't know. Say? I have no Jesus. idea. I feel like it's just easy to look at I, you and sudden turn my whole body to look at you. I guess I'm glad I'm over here today. I must have texted her on the side. I like, yes, I, I wasn't there for. I that, don't know. Though. I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, once you go through cancer, you can really go through anything. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really get much worse than that, to be honest. So I definitely feel stronger in in that sense. That's, that's probably the only changes that I've experienced. So you say, I know you 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 mentioned that you only have to go okay. to your doctor now once every year. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you have to do as far as medically um, checkups or anything like that? No, I mean that's those are like those are my checkups. So right. when I go, mm-hmm. I get blood work, and that's okay. pretty much it. Right. Um, you know. There's nothing else really, like mm-hmm. just to keep up with my normal other appointments, like I would, like right. my primary, like nothing, mm-hmm. nothing really. It's kind of crazy because once you have cancer and you go through all this, I think I was expecting for it's for like there to be more, mm-hmm. but no, this is pretty much it. They're that's like, good. okay, let's give you a chest X-ray. All yeah, right, and that's see it. Next yeah, year. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's good. And you're like, yeah, wait, yeah. what? You're not gonna? I'm like, that's you're it. Not gonna put something in here, yeah. or <laughs> something. So. That just sounded crazy. Also, by the way, the 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 post. Where you say it ran yeah. all the way. Like, how is that inserted? Because 
Okay, so that procedure, I mean, again, I because it happened so quickly, I think I was also in shock, which is why the nurse did not get kicked because I didn't even, <laughs> like, I couldn't even, like, process what was happening. But they, it's like, you know, the end is a needle and they insert the oh, needle and, like... thick. Yeah, it's really it thick. And, thick. again, I wasn't... I wasn't watching her while she was doing mm-hmm. it. I was looking also, but I definitely felt like the like the rolling and like mm. trying to like mm. get it to like come up and it has to like attach to your heart. Um, and they kind of like, and so when she tells me like, okay, I'm getting close. I'm like waiting for like this zap. Yeah. I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I don't know. I did not. I'm, she's like, okay, I'm, I'm, we're almost, we're almost done, sweetie. We're almost done. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to feel the zzzz. Like I'm about to catch this quick heart <laughs> no, attack. No, you don't, you don't really, that's it. Um, and, I know it sounds pretty crazy, but it out? wasn't painful. Oh my god! Let me tell you, all of that. So that whole procedure, I don't remember the exact time. Again, it was like maybe between forty-five minutes and an hour. They Jeez. just, they just, when they take it out, they just pull it out. It's like, and it's like, seconds. no, you do not feel a okay. thing. Really? I know that that makes no sense, <laughs> but my doctor's like, so once you know treatment is done, and you know now I'm like I'm cancer free and everything, mm-hmm. everything is done. You know, she's like, all right, you know, you're ready to say bye to your pick, and I'm like. Depending on how much this is gonna hurt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And she was like, "No, you're not gonna feel this." I'm like, "You know, you guys have been telling me that a lot, <laughs> right?" And yeah. it hasn't been true. And you know, so I give her my arm, and I'm like this, and but I saw she just kind of like yanked it out. Wow, but you do she not must be really it. good at that. You do not feel a thing. Wow. When they took my oil cloth out, that, that painful. It was the worst pain. I would not wish that pain on anybody ever. And it was like a magic trick. He just kept going and going. No, that was not. <laughs> going and going and going. I was like, when is this going to stop? Yeah, no, that was, it, it really was not a big deal at all. That's, That's good. Crazy. Um, so what are your next steps for your life? Like, um, did you make any health changes, social changes, you know, after the treatment, anything like that? Health changes? I mean, I got to be honest. I've gone through like, like I try to do different things, but nothing really like sticks for me. I kind of mm-hmm. like change a lot. Like, I would really like to not have sugar, mm-hmm. but it's just so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, I try to, like, like, I try not to drink a lot. I'm not a drinker, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I try. I try to... Moderate. I, mo- like, yeah, I moderate. Can, I, everything not, in moderation. I'm not in the point. I, I can't eliminate anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely am more mindful of what I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know... I try to eat somewhat healthy, like no fast foods, you know, right. red meat. Suppose we were talking about steak earlier. Mm-hmm. Red meat supposedly is not that great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. but is there anything specific that doctors have told you? No, can no. So okay. that, and that's also really, I mean, a part of it is kind of it's upsetting a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, I remember I would do this research online. I would tell my doctor, so like, you know, what should what should I do? And I remember asking her, should I give up sugar? And she was like, no, no. So you don't even but know what you can But if you go on like the Cancer Society website, it says sugar, I know, whatever, whatever. I'm I like, know. hold on, y'all giving me this insure? You know this has no, sugar? No. And listen, even while I was in the hospital, you know, I remember I would tell my doctor, like, you know, my my parents, my dad, really, well, everybody, because they brought me food. I'm like, they are hooking me up with food. I can eat everything. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, so like, as long as you're, like, first of all, they couldn't believe that I had such an appetite with mm-hmm. the chemo. <laughs> but they were like, as long as you're eating, you can eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of like surprised. Like, there was no real, like, stay away from this or eat more of this. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are also, like, if you look into research, that's, that's also a lot of other the critique about the medical profession is that they don't integrate nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, some doctors don't integrate nutrition as much. Um, so no, they never really told me any major changes. I mean, that's kind of like my own thing that I try to 
and be a little healthier and just to kind of go Mm -hmm. off. um, The only other changes is I've become very mindful of how I spend my time, right? Mm -hmm. When you have cancer or or not just cancer, when you go through a tragic car accident or something, Mm -hmm. whenever your life kind of like flashes before your eyes, you become very mindful of your time and who you spend it with. And I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like hang out with friends if I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to, you know, engage in things that I just don't want to do. I just have become very protective of my time and my space and my energy. And, you know, obviously, I'm not doing what I want 24-7, right? Mm -hmm. I don't always want to wake up in the morning and go to work or go to the gym or whatever. Um, But I just try to be, just be aware that I'm doing things because I want to and because they make me happy. That's cool. So, you said earlier, you are engaged to be married. Yes. Um, so how did you like having cancer and going through everything like affect you guys' relationship? Um, I think in in I think it brought us closer together. I mean we were we were definitely close in other areas, but I think like my my role a little bit not my role, but I think in our relationship, I'm more like I'm the like I'm I'm a very strong person. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really, like, depend on on him or anyone, really, mm-hmm. um, for, like, emotional support. Like, I got me. I've always had me. Um, and I'm pretty... I've always felt, you know, I view myself, like, I've always been, like, a badass. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need, mm-hmm. like... A crutch. I don't need that. And I think this was the first time where, like, I did need that. And mm-hmm. I think it was the first time that it put me in a position with him where, like, I need you. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and it's not that he wasn't there for me before, but I didn't. I didn't feel like I needed him. To you didn't feel before. vulnerable, exactly. So it let me. It was challenging, but it, it taught me that you know that it's okay to be vulnerable, and um, it also showed me that he can step up to you know me needing him. So I think it definitely changed our dynamic a little bit in that way, and it was nice because it kind of worked out exactly how I would have wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's kind of for me at least. Mm-hmm. That's one of what I think is one of the biggest um, changes is that we were in a situation where I needed him, and he came through, and I feel like I can count on him, and that's really it's you know it's it was an important test. Mm-hmm. So now you back to being a boss, or you let him step up a few more times? No, I definitely. No, I mean, I definitely. I see him in here with no, the camera. Did you direct him? Now you better get some good pics. <laughs> Take some video. Yes, he 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 he's good with that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm still. I still think. I think what I learned with him and just all my relationships, you can be a badass and still be vulnerable mm-hmm. and still need people. So I still am the same boss that I've always thought myself to be. Right. Um, but I'm also very okay with saying, you know, I, I need you and, and I'm going through this and, you know, I still have these fears and these feelings and these thoughts and, you know, I want to share them with you and that, mm-hmm. and that there's still um, a lot of strength um, in, in being vulnerable. And I think that was, that was new for me. That's dope. Yeah. This wasn't a scripted question, but um, so you, you guys are getting married. Yeah. You plan on having kids. Yes. Do you think about how that might affect your kids at all? Just a just a random question. What, having had cancer? Yes. Um. And I don't know if it does or doesn't. Just it, has it crossed your mind at all? Um. I mean, when I, like, when I think about having kids, I mean, of course, and I think a lot of parents think about this when they first have kids. Like, you know, of course, I worry, like, about, like, if my kids would. Um, if they could have cancer, mm-hmm. not that my cancer was genetic or anything, but it mm-hmm. puts you in a situation where you think, yeah. you know, 
And then, of course, you know, once you have had cancer and you have kids, you know, of course, I, I think it adds an extra layer of fear if in the future I were to have cancer and that, you know, my kids would not have me. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I, I think about, um, but I actually um, look forward to to being a mom and sharing this journey with my kids and, and sharing, you know, what their mom went through and, you know, what I overcame and how, you know, their their dad and their grandma and everybody kind of came through. So I think I think about that. That's um, dope. Yeah. Mommy is a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get that uh, printed on their onesies. Mm, yes. That should be, that would be dope. Their mommy's a boss. Yes. Yeah. So I guess, is there any final things that you would want to say? Um, not, not only to people that may be in the same situation, but just in general, I know you spoke a lot about, um, you know, some epiphanies that you've had and, and, you know, like aha moments and light bulbs that went off. If you had anything that you wanted to say, like advice, words of encouragement, what would you tell people? I think for me, the main thing is, and again, we we know this, but it's only when you go through, not only when you go through something, but sometimes it takes going through something to kind of really make it clear. Life is short. Life mm-hmm. is short and things really change in the blink of an eye. Um, and again, this is not people that just have had cancer. These are people that, I mean, I think, Everybody at some point in their life is going to go through something where, you know, something tragic happens out of nowhere and you're not expected. Life is short. Live your life how you want to. Be with who makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, this life is yours and it's no one else's. And, you know, at the end of the day, when it's done, it's done. So I just kind of really like, I think that's how I live my life. And I and I hope to inspire people to do that too, to really live life on your own terms. And just make sure that everything that you're doing is for a reason, with a purpose, and because it makes you happy. Dope. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and yeah. doing this. Thank you this for, fun. for inviting me. Yeah. I'm excited. Shout out to Winter. Yes. Who's the plug. Yes, she is. The cancer plug. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hooked me up with all the patients. But total side note, I mean, I met Winter because I told my, my doctor, I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, is there anyone that you can, like, connect me with? Because mm-hmm. I'm really struggling here. Um, like even in the hospital, everyone that was there, um, with cancer, they were all really old. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I could not have been the only, I was 26 at the mm-hmm. time. I'm like, I could not be the only person in their mid twenties that have had, that's gotten this cancer. Yeah. Right. Then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and she said, you know what? I, I can think of one person. And, you know, she said, let me reach out to her first. Mm-hmm. See if I can give, you know, if I can give you her number. And she did. And that's how me and Winter kind of connected. And, uh, yeah, again, just going back to the importance of, of networking and sharing your story because people need to know that there are other people that have gone through this Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Cool. Thanks again. Yes, yeah, thank you, thank guys. You. Appreciate it. This episode of the Survivor Series, The Cancer Chronicles, was created, written, and inspired by Cherry Poppins. Recorded and mixed by Jay Omega. And me, I was just here. The Survivor Series is a production of the Officially Street Podcast.